If you're enjoying the show so far, please consider helping by supporting our show. Although never expected, any support for our show enables us to keep bringing the audiobook club to your ears. Thank you so much for tuning into the show and welcome to season two of the audiobook club with John York. The Audiobook Club, partnered with Pro Audio Voices, celebrates audiobooks, the amazing people and teams who make them happen, as well as the various talents behind storytelling. To learn more about Amplify and other opportunities to grow your sales, platform and audience, head over to ProAudioVoices.com and listen out for a short but informational advertisement within this episode. Let's start the show. Hello and welcome to the Audiobook Club. In this week's episode, we're so lucky to be joined by audiobook narrator Teddy Hamilton. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing all right. It's a pleasure to uh, to get to chat with you on the show. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Yeah, of course. It's, uh, it's, it's a pleasure. You know, you sound like you sound like Joe Jameson. Do you? <laughs> I know Joe Jameson. Do you? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. That's a big compliment. He's very, very good. <laughs> oh, he's great. He's he's actually, you know, I work with a lot of different people, but but me and him just clicked right off the bat as soon as we we had like a scene together in a Lauren Blakely book. Yeah, and we just had so much fun. We just had so much fun, and then and then later we had a book together, and we just worked together on that one too. Super cool guy. I really had a good time working with him. So, like, I'd really love to start by um, asking just, like, simply how you first, like, found yourself in this crazy world of narrating audiobooks for a living. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. It is crazy. I think I got in right at the right at the start of it becoming a big boom, booming thing. I, it was it was right. It was right in 2012. 2012 was when it happened and it was starting to be a big thing. And. I got in by accident because this my my sister Emily was is a great narrator and she'd been doing it for a couple of years and one of the producers came to her wedding and her and I was the I was the host of her wedding uh, reception so I so, so I basically entertained these producers on a microphone for like 4 hours and they came up to me afterwards and they were like hey you got this you got this sound you get this thing, you know, like we want to have you audition. And then I didn't talk to them for a really long time. I never followed up, followed up with it. And then eventually they sent me an audition. It was for a Harper book and, and I got it. The first one that I auditioned for. So then that was great. So, and then I did it. And when I was recording, then I had a conversation with, uh, her name is Deborah Dion. It used to be Deborah and Bob Dion, Dion Audio. And, they said, you know, well, so what do you do? And I was like, at the time, I'd been working at the Griffith Observatory as a theater tech for their uh, planetarium show. And she was like, hold on, you know how to do, like, computery stuff? And I was like, yeah, I know how to do computery stuff. And they said, okay, we want to hire you. We'll pay you whatever they're paying you. Come work for us instead, and we'll teach you how to, you know, run Pro Tools session, and you can engineer and direct and then also you'll be here and, you know, if you ever, if, when books come along, then we can, you know, recommend you. And I said, okay. So then I started doing that. And so then for like the, from like 2012 to 2014 or something, somewhere in there, 
I was an engineer, so I also like, I worked, I would work morning and night shifts there as an engineer. So I was listening and working with some of the top professional narrators, listening to them perform, um, you know, going on break, talking about audiobooks. I was just, I was just submerged in audiobooks from, you know, nine in the morning till 10 o'clock at night for two whole years. And then sometimes I would narrate also. And over the course of time, you know, I started to build a resume for myself. And eventually I left that job and I kind of left all jobs. I left all acting behind for a long time because I used to act. I was on TV for a while. I walked away from sort of all of that and I kind of went into construction and I started doing construction and I was like working as a entertainment rigger and that was a great job also. And uh, a lot of the characters that I met doing that you see pop up in a lot of these books. Uh, (laughs) At some point I did the math because I was still doing audiobooks on occasion. I would still do a book here, a book there. Hmm. And... At some point I did the math where, cause I was like hauling steel for $20 an hour for 10 hours a day. And at some point I was like, okay, right now I have this one client who's Blackstone sends me maybe two books a month, hmm. maybe if I'm lucky. And at the end of the month, I have made the same amount of money from them for those like one week of work. Mm-hmm. probably you know combined as I, as I do for all the <laughs> for all the hours and all of the sweat and tears of this rigging job at, for the whole month working every single day and so I said so if I can just get like one more client just like that then just quit this job and only do audiobooks yeah and so there's this thing that happens every once in a while called uh Audio Publishers Association conference mm-hmm. and there's like the Audis and so I said you know what I'm just gonna go into the community you know what I mean like mm. when I was working for the company I was only just ever working for that company and I didn't really do anything beyond that but I said I'll go to this thing and I'll meet as many people as I can and I'll like you know see if I can garner one or two more clients that might send me regular work And if I can, then I will. And instead what happened was I went and like, everybody knew me, like (laughs) everybody already knew me. You know, I hadn't really realized, you know, I was always just so in like my own little bubble, Yeah. but the work that I had done over the, I mean, you know, I'd been narrating for six years, maybe something like that, five years. And everybody did know me and they said, and they were like, ah, you did this one. Yeah, you did that one. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Hi, nice to meet you. And so then suddenly once I like started giving my information out and making myself available and getting to actually know people, then suddenly I ended up with like, I left that thing with like five or six new clients and like 14 audiobooks I needed to get done by the end of July. You know, it's like, it was crazy. So, 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 so there's that. But then I did the Teddy Hamilton, uh, uh, there was this book called Him by Serena Bowen and that was a book that kind of went viral Hmm. and it just launched you know there's this guy Jacob Morgan 
Jacob Morgan is already a darling of the of the romance industry, but I did this book with him, and all of a sudden people are like, who's this Teddy Hamilton fellow? <laughs> Ever since then, it's been a game of like desperately trying to keep up with the work. Yeah. Which is a good problem to have. The only like the worst thing that 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 ever has is is just a problem with work life balance. But we've had a really long way of answering your question. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a perfect answer. That's first of all. I mean, that's such a funny way of of, of getting first like your first contact with the industry. There's a wedding and you're entertaining yeah. people, and they and they said you'd be perfect for this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's such a great way. But you mentioned um, going to APAC and really sort of delving into the community for like the first time, even though you were already doing projects and things. I just kind of wondered, like, did that, as well as catapult your working opportunities, did it catapult the enjoyment for you being a little bit more engaged in the community and, and yes. being a bit hands-on? That, that, was, that was the other thing. You know, my networking strategy about anything is always to just get to know, like, just these are your coworkers. Yeah. These are your coworkers. Your your clients, you know, if it, uh, any of the the people who are going to be casting for audiobooks, the, in, anybody who's going to be producing, like, they want to find people who can help them, who can help them get their job done, you know? Yeah. And so we're all, we're all in this industry together, and we're all a community. And, you know, when I used to do Hollywood stuff, it's just such a big huge thing and everybody is everybody wants to be left alone like anybody who's like <laughs> casting director or producer they want to avoid actors like the plague yeah. so it's like so hard to like get in with anybody and the thing's so big but the audiobook world it might be kind of moving in that direction because of the just the size of it audiobooks are getting pretty big but at the same time it the community of this industry is really good to where people are people are all it's just everybody's just cool in this industry so <laughs> so it there is a really really nice community of people i don't know how many times i can use the word community but maybe <laughs> that makes the point and i i've made a lot of really good friends and i mean we only talk over email or zoom <laughs> especially since covid but you know we're scattered all over the world there's people in 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 canada there's people on the east coast there's people in other areas in the midwest and yeah like but we all but we all are working together i think that's what's like so nice about like apac as well like you, you create these relationships at most over zoom and that's very you know infrequently um, if you're uh -huh. prepping together and then you suddenly meet this person for the first time in the flesh and then suddenly you know them and it's like it's just it's i found that so thrilling yeah and you know why I, I and i like to then go all right now let's party <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm the guy who's like who's like how are we not going to a bar right now I mean, let's get trashed <laughs> at 4 a.m i'd love to know like what is it about like the romance genre and all you know i know that's quite an umbrella term but like you know everything that that kind of envelops what is it as romance as a genre that like what does it how does it like what about it draws you in as a as a performer as a narrator there's there's stories about people you know i i see there's a lot of um i narrate a fair amount of different things and romance is always very real you know, it's not a, it's, it, there are, there are paranormal romances. I mean, hell, I've read alien romances where they're, where they're, you know, the 
the the mail order brides of Krakar, um, <laughs> which was a great series actually. I loved I love alien romances, but yeah, um, you know they're 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 always about the things that are happening inside of us when we're in relationships, which is such a like fundamental aspect of our lives. The whole thing gets you know sort of shat on by the literary crew oh those aren't real books yeah um but i mean they're more real i think than you know uh, lee childs and the jack reacher oh, books definitely. yeah yeah you know, it's like they these are the and and they're also immediately appliable to your own life mm-hmm. in more ways than than any star wars or star trek or any other you know amazing book because because when you read a romance book i'm i am i'm constantly learning about myself i'm constantly learning about my wife i'm constantly learning about different aspects of my family because it's always this this the core story of any romance book is always going to be about how two people communicate with each other mm-hmm. in a romantic way in 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 a loving way and what 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 hurdles there are that they have to go through in order to come to a happily ever after together oh yeah do you think that's why like the the fans you know the listeners of the romance genre at least in my experience seem to be incredibly passionate incredibly vocal which is lovely for you know what we do um do you think that's why because it is so relatable or you know you everyone's had an experience not unlike a lot of the stories out there. Yeah, I mean, I don't I've met so many fans because I go to all of the events. I mm. go to almost every I mean, I don't go to all the events. If the, any fans who know me listening are laughing at me because I don't go to all of the <laughs> events, but I go to a lot of events. Um and I just did an event last week. Um there's a lot of I think there's a lot of different reasons. It's hard for me to say yeah why what the thing is that draws cuz there's cuz cuz within romance there's also so many different subgenres yeah underneath romance that you know the difference between I just did a book uh I just did a series called the Cat and Mouse series that was like dark it was a dark romance. There was a lot of like really, really dark stuff that happens in that book. And then I also will do like sweet hometown romances where the carpenter and the and the bakery owner will go off into the sunset together. And those two books are so different from each other. It's not even funny, apart from the fact that within there, there are two people who need each other, who love each other, who who yeah. are drawn to each other in some way. That's the only common thread between those two. So Yeah. Um, yeah, that's fair. But I don't know. It's it's hard to it's hard to say <laughs> what what the launching in point is for people. Yeah. Uh, but it is I mean, but it's ultimately in the end it's a story about there are always stories about people and I think like if you think about I, I've used this example before, but, uh, you know, I'm a big Marvel fan. I love all the Marvel movies. And the thing that always gets me is, you know, when when Robert Downey Jr. 
is throwing his, you know, he's 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 in the big climactic moment of the first Avengers movie. He's he's riding a, a nuclear weapon up through a wormhole to go attack and kill the final guys. And what does he want to do in that moment when he might die? His first thought is, I need to call my girlfriend and tell her that I love her and tell her that I'm sorry. You know what I mean? That kind of that kind of thing that adds so much humanity to that character. Cause if he's just like, you know, we're, you look at the older stories, the old, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger things, he would just have something like, you know, take some, some funny one liner that he would do as he launched the last, you know, nuke right into the bad guys. And then he won and everything was great. But the moment that he wants to then show this vulnerable part of him that says, you know, I, I, I'm sorry for the pain you're about to feel because I'm gone. And that's romance. That's what's in all of the romances. So it's like, that's what draws people in, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think um, your, your performances of, like, a bad boy are, are loved by, like, so many listeners and get <laughs> amazing feedback. And they've kind of, like, taken on, like, an entity of their own. Like when yeah. when approaching a character that perhaps like doesn't have the kindest personality on the surface, like yeah. how do you like reach a voice, a personality for that character that captures those like bad boy qualities while also keeping the audience invested in that persona and like longing to hear more? I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna get real Facebook with you for a second here. <laughs> like there's there are a lot of traits of the male heroes in romance that like when taken out of context and like put onto a Facebook page would be labeled as toxic masculinity in yeah. a second. You know, if you have a boyfriend who's like controlling and possessive and like, you know, cares about every little thing that you do and wants to like, you know, mold all of your choices, like that's terrible. I would hate <laughs> to have a boyfriend like that. Um, but I think then if you can understand these things from sort of a from the other side of it of somebody who loves you so much <laughs> that they that they want you to you know be safe and they want then they take they want to take care of you in every possible way um you know it's it's like in reality that's terrible that you would you would be stifled you wouldn't like it but the fantasy of it when it's all just that when it all it just is is the reason why he's obsessed is because he's obsessed with you because he loves you so much because he wants to take care of you he wants to open every door for you he wants to pick you up and 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 place you inside the car the amount of times people pick the girl up and then place them inside cars is crazy to me but you know it's the fantasy of it it's not the reality i think in reality people wouldn't like it but but the fantasy of it is fun some of these guys the cat and mouse is a perfect example actually because that one's a, a really really harsh one so part of it is understanding that what i'm portraying is a fantasy you know it's yeah. it's kind of fantasy like if you think of something like uh bdsm right the whole idea of bdsm is like that's a that's an abusive relationship. You're smacking them, you know. You're hitting them. You're you're tying them up. You're doing you know all, whatever that all mm -hmm. the different things that BDSM could be. But at the heart of uh, in real life, in real life BDSM, I'm not a huge uh, uh, I'm not a huge expert on this, but <laughs> um, 
but at the heart of that, there's consent. There's a, would you like to play this game with me? And then you play the game and there are, you know, the, all the escape words and things like that. The escape yeah. words for, I forget what they call them, not escape safe words. Safe words. Safe words, safe yeah. word. You know, the safe word for audiobooks or books is you can put the book down or you can turn the audio off. But when I am approaching a, a character, I, I just have to, I, I have, you have to have that element of like, who, who is he? Maybe he's, maybe he's really, really angry. Maybe he's really, really uh, violent even. Mm. Um, but there's going to be some kind of reason why there's going to be a person at the, uh, at the center of that. And because it's my job to make that person come to life, mm. I can't, I can't bring myself to it. I can't bring myself and be like, ugh, like, this guy's terrible. I have to say, this guy is doing his best with yeah. whatever he, all, all this stuff I'm talking about, all, I'm trying to, you know, when I say I'm bringing Facebook into it, it's like, if I start to judge the characters based off of what I think is correct or what I think is right or what I think is, I'd be like, ugh, I hate, <laughs> I hate this guy. What a dick, you know, or whatever. But instead I have to find out not only why is he a dick but also what's what's kind of great about him being a dick yeah. because that's why and 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 i think at the core of that is always finding out why did the author write this book what 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 is the author's point of view on this because that's what's important my point of view doesn't matter my point of view is only i'm a filter of whatever the author wrote yeah and then presenting that to the audience and and if i can if i can do that accurately then then i've done my job well that's the 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 top compliment i've ever gotten from authors is when they say you just get it they say you, you know you just you, you just totally got it that's the biggest compliment i can ever get from from an author because it means that i did my job without inserting myself or spraying myself all over the thing i think that to be when you said um about you know, if you deal with a character that you wouldn't necessarily like in real life, but then as yeah. an actor, as a performer, you, you look into that character and, and try and work out why and, and bring that understanding there for you to, to play that character. I think, to be honest, I think that's, that's probably a great thing to adapt to real life. Cause right. Cause like trying to understand what, you know, someone cuts you off in the car and you think, Oh, instead of writing that guy off as a dick. Yeah. Can, yeah. I, th I think, well, so you're recognizing the humanity of other people. Yeah. Like, that's all it is, is, is as opposed to what they are to you, which is the guy who cut you off on the road. All he is is the dick who cut you off. But if you recognize that this is a guy who's in a hurry, you could still say, well, fuck you. You know, you're being a dick by the, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all in a hurry, pal. But maybe he's in a hurry because he's about because his wife's having a baby in the hospital. <laughs> or whatever you know, some you can make up whatever you want. But, but the idea is that everybody's everybody's suffering their own little thing, and everybody's trying their best within whatever they got. And I think if you can kind of recognize that without assuming that they're just a tool that's getting in your way, you know, that's I guess that's just empathy, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well not a bad thing to have um 
you uh, you have and and you continue to uh, work with some of the best in this industry uh, a few that i'm lucky to say are mutual friends of ours um and a lot of the time like narration can be like you know a very lonely profession do you find that being able to collaborate on you know dual or multicast projects so frequently as a part of the genre um do you find that like a huge perk getting to know more people and 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 getting to work with them no <laughs> not even a little bit i'm still just alone all the time because even collaborations is just emails usually like there's every once in a while an author or somebody uh is willing to pony up the cash to have us do a real duet where we where we sit down like what i did with joe jameson where lauren blakely actually wants wanted us to be live with each other and like so then we would be like hey i'll see you you know, let's talk tomorrow. And then we would spend a couple hours together joking and joshing around. Yeah. And that's, it's all that in between time that really you get to get some of that social stuff. But when it comes to collaboration on the books, we don't have long phone conversations. You know what I mean? We're mm -hmm. just sending a, Hey, so for, you know, so for Blake, I kind of, I, I, I made him the deepest voice and then uh, you know, Steven kind of has this growly kind of thing that I did. And then, uh, you know, Madeline and so-and-so and so-and-so, you know, th those three girls, I just, I just made one really perky and one really dour. And then the other one kind of standard yeah. and like, that's it. And that's what we'll send because it's going to sound differently anyway. Um, but so we don't really get a lot of, uh, interaction time, even when we're collaborating on books. Mm. Um, and because of that, the answer is no. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Your question is no. It's, it's and then APAC comes, and APAC then we all go and we hang out together. Yeah. Um, you have the naughties to to get it all out your, out your system. Naughties, yeah. You know, I will say the people who I actually probably have the most amount of social interaction with is are the um like the assistants with the different companies that hire me because those are the people who you know maybe i'm assigned maybe you're my maybe you're my co-narrator and i i'm i'm running around trying to put out as many fires as i can on my, on my <laughs> end and you're doing that on your end but like but for this one project there's this one assistant you know it's like uh there's a girl i'll call her out there's a girl named candace lawrence who's with blue nose audio and she's just so great, but she's the person who's then like gonna check in with you. Hey, how you get? How how are you doing with your with your files? Um, is everything doing well? And then you you talk to her. Hey, Andrew, how's how are things going? Are you, you know, are you on board? You know, are you uh, are you still on track and all this kind of stuff? You know, there's yeah. like the coordinator is the person who I actually interact with the most, and that's those are the people who I like have a lot of good like joking time with. Once in a while, the other narrator too, but it's it's. I feel like the 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 other narrators are always so busy. Everybody's so <laughs> no time to chat. <laughs> There's no time to chat. It, it, there really isn't. I mean, it's like I I don't know. It seems like everybody's busy all the time. You are um as I mentioned before we start recording, you are the most requested guest I've ever had on this show, which I think demonstrates like perfectly how engaged your listeners are with all of your performances. Like I know there's a certain clip from Haunting Adeline, which I believe is part of the Cat and Mouse yeah, series you that's mentioned. The cat and mouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like that went viral as a sound on TikTok. Like, I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> um, 
Nope, I did not know not? that. Okay, with, with his load, you'll have to check it out if 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 uh, you're interested. But it's all like really positive. It's just like loads of um, people really enjoying it in various circumstances, like the sound plays and they're at the gym and they're trying to be all conspicuous while this is playing. Yeah, area. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. It was great, but like you know, hundreds of thousands of likes and comments and stuff, all like loving it. But like Dead. knowing that, um, or maybe perhaps not knowing to that extent, like that the listeners will like listen to an audiobook simply because you are involved. Does that mm. like ever cross your mind before like beginning a project? Like, do you find yourself having like a higher and higher standard for your performances as like the books become like a bigger thing? Um, no, I. So step one, I already told you is that the author i need to understand where the author is coming from mm -hmm. i need to understand what the author is doing but step two is that i i need to understand how the audience is receiving it so that i'm just paying attention to that i mean like a lot of that is just guesswork on my part i don't you know i don't have an audience to sit there and go yay <laughs> yeah um but but just knowing that I am making it clear, I have to then imagine the audience, like the listener. I have to imagine the listener and what they are experiencing while I'm doing it. Again, it's 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 all guesswork on my part, but that's also a place that I'm thinking about. I um, I, I try to I try to take myself out of it as much as possible. You know, apart from like, I'm the I'm the actor, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm the actor, but I, don't, I try not to, my, my eye is rarely turned on, on how am I doing? Does that make sense? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. my eye is on, my eye is on the, is on the, the writer first, the listener second, the character third, and then probably me. But like every once in a while I might stop and say like, now you sound like an idiot, <laughs> even <laughs> the right choice. I, I just don't want that out there for myself. So I guess, I guess, I don't know if this answers your question, but I, the, the, the listeners are a huge part of, of my, my narration. You know, I, I did, I did a lot of clown work and I did a little bit of stand-up comedy, um, in my life. And so much of that is the interact, like interaction between you and the audience and that mm -hmm. like sort of energy in between. And so I think I have a good mm, sense for that. And so, so as I'm translating what the author has made, I am hypersensitive to, is this something that an audience will enjoy? But that's what I'm thinking. Not, am I doing it right? Not, you know, do I sound cool? <laughs> it, more, am, what, will that make a listener, you know, yeah. take a breath? That's my thinking. Not, not, not me, but, but... But the thing that I did, will that cause a reaction? You mentioned doing stand-up comedy there. Now, obviously, that's famous for having, like, immediate feedback. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I grew up in theatre, too, so... Well, yeah, and the theatre, exactly the same, like, that immediate feedback. Whereas, I guess, on you know, you can say, unless you... I mean, you have the crew and stuff, of course, on, on film and TV, but then like before it gets into a, a full audience and audiobooks especially you know it could be several weeks months until it gets in front of that audience do you find it like do you find it kind of more freeing like one area than the other as a performer like with that feedback there or, or do you prefer to be like in your own sort of space able to do what you do in the booth without any distractions 
Uh, it's always nicer when there's an audience to give immediate feedback. Um, just because then you, yeah, because then you, then you know, then you know that your guess was correct or that your guess was completely wrong. (laughs) This is why I think it's also good. Like, I don't like reading, I don't like reading, um, reviews Mm. because I don't think every reviewer comes to it with, um, some, some reviewers are just mean, you know, they're just mean for the sake of being mean. Yeah. And. I don't want to, I don't want to muddle, muddle my brain up with negative energy. And at the same time, I kind of don't want to, I I also don't want to like get too much into the hype because again, I don't want to be thinking about myself while I'm narrating. So I don't want to be thinking like, oh yeah, oh, good job. (laughs) You know what I mean? I only want to be concentrating on the thing. But if you're doing it for a live audience, then you get it right then and there. You get the immediate reaction that lets you that lets you know that you were successful. Because yeah. um, I don't know that you can always necessarily trust the reviews as as honest. You know? No, I don't think there so. are plenty. There's plenty of honest reviews, absolutely. But I but you have to kind. Of, but there's so many. There's so <laughs> many all over the place that you would have to sift through all of them and hope you find nothing but honest ones yeah i think it's a it's a tricky one because you can get in the same like i've had reviews in in the same book someone saying that oh he sounds bored or oh he's gone way over the top there and it's like well they can't be both like on the yeah. same thing so it's just it's just people's interpretation isn't it um yeah. you were i mean you are releasing your part of like you know an insane amount of projects you know consistently yeah. um, publishing out. Yeah. i just like how do you like how do you structure your your sort of day? Could you like take us through like a, a typical working day in the life for you? All right. All right. Here's the typical working day. I wake up. I go to the gas station. Um, I pick up uh, a Red Bull for myself. I come home. I should start working, but instead I I play too much on Instagram or, <laughs> or social media or Diablo Immortal. And then, and then I go, ah, fuck, I need to start working. I haven't started working. And then a friend calls and then I talk to them instead for, and the, and the conversation goes on for like a half an hour or 45 minutes. And I go, I got to get off the phone. I got to start working. And then I finally sit down to work. And then my wife comes in and says, okay, lunch is ready. And I go, <laughs> and I get up and I, and I, uh, and I work. And then, and then somewhere after lunch. I sit down and all the juices are flowing and then I just start recording and then I just start pounding out hours and I'll, I'll break down a, I'll break down whatever I need to do for the day. Mm. You know, half the time, because you know, you, you see me with, with a lot, a lot, a lot of projects, but so many of my projects are duet, which then does mean that I'm actually only half the book. Mm-hmm. If that, sometimes I'm even less than that. But so I usually, the average book that I'm on is like maybe five hours or something like that, mm-hmm. somewhere in that realm. So it's usually about two days because um, I'll try and get three hours done. So then I will sort of figure out how much of this script I'm going to be able to do today. And then I'll break that up into four and then I'll take a, I'll mark it in the script when I'm about a quarter, a half, a three quarters of the way through it. And I'll take a little breaks at each one of those. Usually if I'm... If I get started sometime around noon, 
or one, then I'm done sometime around seven or eight. All that time in the morning, it's just wasted time. I could have, I could have like been doing something for my house or I could have been figuring something out, but instead I just, I just wasted all of my time in the morning. <laughs> Sorry, I'm the same. I was like, like how, like how many days a week is that? Is that like five days a week? Seven days a week. Seven days that's a week. My, that's a, that's a repeating cycle of every day. Jeez. No wonder you get so much done. I don't know. You know, I got a house I got to pay for. Yeah. How long did it sort of take you to build up that stamina? Because that's like, I mean, you said like 1 p.m., 2 p.m. start, like 8 p.m. finish. That's like a good old chunk of time. And like even with breaks. No, my stamina is less now than it used to be. Oh, really? I used to. There was a time, uh, maybe like 2018, 2019, where I would wake up, you know, okay, so you have... You remember my old my old story my story at the start of this conversation when I was talking about when I used to work for Dion Audio mm -hmm. and I would sometimes take up two shifts and I would work from nine till ten o'clock at night. That was that that was two shifts. So I would work on two different books uh each day. I would work from nine to four working with a different actor, engineering for them, and then they would go home and then a different actor would show up and they'd work from four to ten. Yeah. So so then there was this time in like 2018 when I think it was 2018 where I started getting a bunch of jobs through uh, Mosaic and and I would go at 9 a.m. and I would work from nine until like know, three o'clock or so and just at their at at their studio and then I would drive to my studio because I had my own studio too that wasn't in my home. Hmm. Uh, then after that, you know, I'd go grab some food and then I'd drive to my studio and I'd work from like four to 10 mm. on my own things. So that was, there was a time when that, and that's, that's just me as a narrator, just churning out, you know, two, six hour days <laughs> split. Um, but now that I'm a home narrator and I work out of my home, I, I, there's too much stuff here. There's too much mm. stuff distracting me. And, and there's too, you know, ah, the, this the the faucet is leaking again i think i think the difference is is that i wouldn't work on weekends before now i work on weekends but i think part of i i stretch my work out across the whole week but i do work all week also i'm crazy that's the other thing is that i'm just crazy and i have no work-life balance so that's so take this as a warning I was going to sort of ask really because um, most of the people that I interview um, on this podcast have home studios and I have a home studio and it's like people who, you know, go to an office or leave their home for work. They sort of have this idea of like, oh, I'd love to work from home. You sort of never go to work. But then I sort of have the opposite view of that you're, you're, you never leave because there's always emails to check. There's always projects to chase. There's always things to do. And when yeah. the your office is like, you know, up the stairs and that's it. Like you, I find it very difficult to avoid the temptation to start begins, you know, start on a project or carry on with a project when I'm supposed to be having dinner. Like, yeah. do, you, do you find that? Like with your own, you know, working schedule. When like I have to be somewhere with somebody at a specific set time, I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, what do you mean? <laughs> it is like, 
I can't just do it though any at any time whenever I feel like it. Like I have to like we have to like coordinate a meeting schedule. I have to be there, and I, if I'm gonna have to drive there, I'm gonna have to figure out traffic problems and make sure that I arrive on time. Yeah. What the fuck? Um, but <laughs> but when I'm at home, then it's just like I don't know. Whenever I kind of get around to it, then I'll get around to it. Yeah. And that's working at home that's working on your life and and that is the balance the the part of it is is that that's great that's wonderful and that super suits me but also at the same time then all of a sudden i look down and i go ah shit it's like one o'clock i got a lot of work i gotta get doing today and i haven't started any of it because i've been dicking around all morning yeah (laughs) that's 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 to me what the trade-off is of of the home studio thing is that is that it's much more efficient to not work from home. It's much more efficient to like set a schedule for yourself and to do that. But it's a lot harder when it's just you, when you're the only one cracking the whip on that. Yeah. Yeah. Are you pretty good at like sort of self-directing? Are you, are you pretty like a, like a motivated guy when left to their own devices? I suppose you have to be for the amount that you've achieved. No, no. I'm, I'm well, I mean, I don't think I am at all. I think I'm terrible at it. Um, <laughs> But, but what I do have is I have a sense of responsibility. Like when somebody, somebody has given me work, you know, somebody said, Hey, will you do this? And I said that I would. So then I am willing to sacrifice myself to, to make sure that I, that I, if I'm if I even if I'm behind schedule that I'm not too far behind schedule yeah um you know so if if somebody hires me to do a job and it's coming to like oh I was supposed to start this today and I was finishing the other one then I might shoot him a heads up hey I, I might be a day late but then I'll work late until the night if I have to if I'm like in this in a bad situation mm-hmm. do you know where, yeah. where they they files yesterday um I don't have a problem with punishing myself, <laughs> but as far as like, come on, get up, like, you know, start your work. It's, 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 you know, it's 9am time to begin chapter one. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. No, none of that. I don't do that. <laughs> when, uh, where is the, the best place for people to keep up with you, to keep up with, you know, upcoming projects, new releases, that kind of thing. I don't know. I don't, I don't really do any marketing myself. I, I I'm on my Teddy Hamilton instagram page i will update it every once in a while Mm -hmm. but my main and i'll check messages because i get a lot of messages too and i try to respond to people but i'm i don't do it all the time my other account is just my general life but teddy hamilton's my only professional account and all i do is just update it every once in a while so i i don't know there's not really like i don't really talk about myself too much yeah i I, I have a place online. I have it on TikTok. I have it on Instagram and I have it on, um, I had it on Twitter, but I don't know. I don't, I haven't looked at Twitter in so long, but I, those are mainly so that people who are talking about books have somebody to tag. Yeah. 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 So I don't, I don't know. So I don't really, I don't really market myself too much. It's, it's more just that I, I but i have a platform i suppose not a platform but i have a space yes where people can people can talk about narrated by teddy hamilton on instagram um narrated by teddy hamilton 
but that's so you can find me but really it's it's you just got to follow book bloggers follow people who talk about audiobooks and then they'll tell you what i'm doing <laughs> follow, follow, follow authors who who are active and they'll tell you what i'm up to yeah that's fair that's fair yeah on, on tiktok i'm i'm at teddy hamilton 14 nice no, I'll give you a follow. That's a terrible profile name, but I, but that's how many Teddy Hamiltons there were. Yeah. When I first read Teddy Hamilton, I thought, eh, nobody has that. And then as I started to look through, there's a little, there's a cute, like, St. Bernard dog named Teddy Hamilton. <laughs> there, uh, there's a there's a young child named Teddy Hamilton. There's, like, a kind of a super sexy, like, Austrian supermodel dude. Um named Teddy Hamilton, who really should just start becoming a cover model. Um, and then there's also a guy, like a musician, a, a music artist named Teddy Hamilton. Ever since Teddy started to really hit and like people started talking about Teddy Hamilton, I looked it up and I was like, all oh, those poor people. Now anytime <laughs> they go like, oh yeah, check my, check it, check my music at it, Teddy Hamilton, and then they turn it in and anybody who looks up Teddy Hamilton is gonna see a bunch of like, Porno books. <laughs> That's great. And people tagging this going, I loved you in, the, in this book. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, as we as we come to a close um, on this episode, I, I just simply like to uh, ask if you have any upcoming projects that you're excited about that, that we can look forward to. I did this book last week. Mm. I just finished recording it. And it's Storm Clouds and Devastation by Ashley Jade. And, oh, it was so gut-wrenching it was like painful how gut-wrenching it was mm. it was like a book that stayed with me i think i might be a sucker for real sob books <laughs> like i think i like them i think yeah. clearly i enjoy that thing like you know there's there's also i mean i like a, a good rom-com but when it's something that really does a deep dive into people's pain yeah like I am very drawn to that. And it's not just tragedy, you know, it's not just one of those ones where, and then, you know, the car accident stole the fiance away or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, you no, know, this, this guy was raised by like piece of shit fucking parents who fucked him the fuck up. And then he made a lot of choices from that point of view that further fucked him up even more. And to where when we first meet him, he is fucked up. Yeah. And then he meets this guy. And this little, cr like, crack of light opens up into his life. And this guy is very able to sort of help him. It's an MM book. It was beautiful. But it yeah. was also a heart-wrenching story. Um, yeah. But I loved it. And then that's one that I think I'm excited about. Yeah, that's just, I know exactly what you mean about books that make you cry. It's like it's just yeah. like it's something that really just makes you feel something, and then you feel yeah. like you've done something with your day because you've you've been to this place emotionally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm about to do another one. Um, me and you know Joe Arden. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm starting today a book called What We Broke by Marley Valentine, which is, um, which is because you know that. The MM world, you know, with the audiobooks, you have, you know, you have a standard MF, mm -hmm. and then, you, and there's also MFM, and then there's also MMF, and then there's also MM, and I think there's FF, but I'm never involved in those. Yeah. The 
the world of MM is interesting within the audio community because what they're getting, basically, what the fans are getting are two dudes. Mm. They get two dudes reading to them. You know, a lot, of, a lot of them, they will listen and they fall in love with the guy. And then they'll also listen to the girl talk about the guy. But like during that time when the girl's talking, this is this is a big a big thing with the the female audiobook narrators that very few of them get nearly as much glory as we male narrators get, mm. because 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 the women who are listening to it in general, or the people I should say who are listening to it, are listening to it. Um, you know, there's a little bit more of a focus on the men. You know what I mean? Even yeah. if it's about the way that the men make the women feel it's still like you know there's so much uh glorification of the of the the main male characters mm. you know oh my god he was the sexiest oh my god i love him so much yeah um and thus that that shine kind of comes onto us narrators too but but onto the male narrators more than the female narrators so then when you get an mm book an MM book is is two male narrators, is two men, two men that you can fall in love with. There's 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 then like this little like fun under thing that happens where then you know pairing up two different guys like you know this one's got Teddy Hamilton and Jacob Morgan, but then this one's got Jacob Morgan and Joe Arden, and this one's got you know it's yeah, like yeah. sort of fun pairs and what we broke marks the first time that Teddy Hamilton and Joe Arden will be narrating together. <laughs> Exciting. Is there anyone who uh, you haven't had the chance to narrate with, like in an MM book or, or even just a, a standard romance, who you'd like to? I don't think so, because a lot of the people who I would have answered this question with, I have worked with. Yeah. So like, there's, I'm sure that there are narrators that I've that I wish I could work with. You know, there's a, like... There's a guy named McLeod Andrews who's such a cool fucking dude. That guy is so cool. And if you look at his resume, he's 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 narrated a bajillion books, um, and he's so talented. And I've worked with him a lot back when I used to be work as an engineer. I used to be his his engineer, but um, but we would never get paired together because I a I don't think he does romance, but also b um, I think it's more that. I will lose a job to him or he'll lose a job to me. Yeah. Because we are sort of in the same realm. So there are certain I think there's him and there's a couple other narrators who who I would love to work with, but we'll never work together because we'll be up for the same role. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Do you find sometimes like you're hemmed into a certain character trait? Like we mentioned like bad boys and stuff earlier, because you do them so well. This is the one thing that I I'm also happy I've seen with people is that they I I don't get hemmed in too much. Yeah. Because because they will hire me to be like when you have MM there's there's often times within the MM there is one that's a little bit more the husband and one that's a little bit more the wife that generally kind of happens in a background subtextual way. Yeah. Where a lot of the things that I would recognize as usually part of the F part of the project is now being assigned to this particular character in the MM. Um, the the sort of slightly more feminine, slightly more masculine aspects of, of those characters. 
I often switched between those two. And the same thing where I'll I'll be hired to be playing Zade from the Cat and Mouse trilogy, who's like the most alpha-y, like psychotic yeah. fucking guy that you'll ever meet. Um, and then the next moment I'll I'll be like the 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 kindest little squirrely like boy next door. I'm I don't I don't feel pigeonholed at all. Yeah, I think I do talk to some guys in this industry who who do. Yeah, but I think I've I've been able to avoid that. It's great, especially if you can get you know if you, if you can do that and you can be varied and things because there's so much to explore within those characters. Like I'm like personally, I get um, cast more as like you know twinks, like more feminine characters and that kind of thing, just because of like how I sound. Um, like I'm not gonna get those roles where it's like a beefy. Because you sound sexy. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, just so we're clear, I'm not saying you're sexy. I'm saying you are sexy. That's what I'm saying. Okay, okay. <laughs> you like, when you're like dealing with like sensitive and like intimate material, um, yeah. do you think like in the writers of uh, of of these books, like do you think they hold like a responsibility, um, you know, to the listeners, to the authors? I always say, you know, somebody wrote this book. Like the author chose this, chose this as their story that they wanted to tell. And there's going to be somebody who's going to listen to it and they want, and they're, they're going to choose to listen to it. And there's going to be a reason why, why they are choosing to listen to it. Just like there was a reason why this person decided to write it. And it's not really my job to judge whether or not it was correct. You know what I mean? Or if it was good or bad to mm -hmm. to write this kind of thing it's my job to just present it as honestly as i can and sometimes that's sometimes that's just two people who want to fuck you know and they're <laughs> just having a good they get drunk at a bar and then they go and they and they fuck and they end up doing a pile driver but sometimes <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's like there's a lot of like trauma that's happening that's being worked through during these problems and sometimes there's like dubious consent mm -hmm. and there are things that are really hard to read through but again somebody chose to write this and also somebody's going to choose to listen to it and it's and and there's a reason for that so i don't want to insert myself into that at all and just instead present it as honestly as i can yeah yeah that makes that makes so much sense um I wanted to just sort of leave with uh, this final question. Um, now we have alluded to um, certain things that we've alluded to, like, you know, the amount that you're recording and stuff. So I'm not sure how much time you actually get outside of the booth and to do things, yeah. but it went on those rare occasions when you are out of the booth, when you do have a little bit of free time, what can we, what can we most often find you up to? So then I also work at a theater, uh, help them build sets or I help, set their lights and things like because i know how to program a light board hmm. and i will do that a lot or like hanging out with my friends i'm involved in a really long angry conversation with somebody who's trying to make some rule changes to our fantasy football league <laughs> <laughs> um, so like you know it's like friends family i travel a lot there's a lot of times when i just drop everything and i go travel somewhere yeah or I or I'm involved in in my community theater. Oh, cool. um, 
and so I do stuff there sometimes. I was just in Elf the Musical last. Oh, nice! Last <laughs> last, <laughs> last Christmas. Um, so like, you know, there's always something. I do think I maybe have a little bit of ADHD where I'm just kind of like, all right, so what's the next thing? Okay, that's done. Let's do something else. Sometimes it's also. Just- when you uh, when you travel, whereabouts do you where do you do you like to go? Is it international? Is it in you know to other yeah, states? I just went to. I went this year alone. I've already gone to Japan twice. Oh, nice! And at one point, at one point, because to go to APAC, I was just wrapping up a trip to Japan when right when APAC was happening. So then I ended up flying instead of home I, you know i live in california yeah. i ended up flying to new york from tokyo <laughs> cool and like there's like right that's kind of cool I was, telling, cool, yeah. I was telling one of the people we were hanging out with that in 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 london and she went oh so like so you're just like flying tokyo to jfk tomorrow and i was like yeah and she was like that's not bad and i was like <laughs> that's kind of cool it's like and i don't even live there it's just like i'm just i'm just like living that living that life that that uh world what do, they, what do they call it when you travel the world world traveler like jet setter or something like that jet setter, yeah yeah. Jet setter. yeah tokyo to, to to new york and then back home to california yeah, that'd be fine but then i also i also have to go for the rest of this year i have another trip to vegas for love in vegas and then i have a trip to new orleans for um for a buddy's bachelor party that's happening and that's i think all at the end of my traveling for the year but still that's a i've had a very <laughs> very busy travel yeah. year this particular year yeah man it sounds great it sounds great i think i might i may be um off to that event in las vegas are so you coming i think maybe it's not set in stone Dude, yet. i'm waiting come. for i'm waiting for a confirmation from an author i worked with who may be going together um but yeah, uh, here's the problem. Here's the problem. You've already let slip earlier in this conversation that you are the type that might go, "Oh shit, we've been up and drinking since five in the morning." <laughs> I am. That's the- what. Come to Vegas. <laughs> Let's have some fun. And that just about brings us to a close for this episode of the Audiobook Club. All of the links to Teddy's social media and recent projects will be linked in the show notes. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in, and of course, another huge thank you to you, Teddy. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. Frustrated by the royalty rates for your audiobook? Annoyed that when the digital distributors say 70% royalties, they actually mean 70% of 50% or 80% of 70%, neither of which is an actual 70%. Wishing there was a way to cut out the middleman? Yet, you want your audiobook listeners to have a smooth and positive experience and a direct download sale from your website won't deliver that. We at Pro Audio Voices hear you. Out of our commitment to our author clients, we've created Amplify, a program that provides an actual 65% of the sales price that you set, that gives you access to your customers' names and emails so you can reconnect with them, and keeps you in the driver's seat. Check it out at ProAudioVoices.com. You'll find Amplify in the marketing menu. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Audiobook Club. This episode was sponsored by Pro Audio Voices. 
If you have a story you want to bring to life, head over to ProAudioVoices.com to get in touch with industry professionals that can take care of every step of production, as well as offer support and guidance with marketing, growing your brand, and boosting your sales. Once again, that's ProAudioVoices.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you.